Good morning. Let's all stand up and sing together this morning. This is a new song called Our God. We sang it a couple of weeks ago. I want you to sing it with us. Water you turned into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. None like you. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. None like you Our God is greater Our God is stronger God you are higher than any other Our God is healer Awesome in power Our God Our God Out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you None like you Our God is greater Our God is stronger God, you are higher than any other Our God is healer Awesome in power, our God, our God. And if our God is for us, and who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against us? If our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against us? what could stand against Dear Lord, 
We thank you for being so awesome in power, Lord, and, and just being our healer and our comforter and our protector. Lord, we ask this morning that you come into our hearts, Lord, and just fill us up. Make us full with your presence. Help us to fill you and the Holy Spirit as we worship today. And Lord, help us to carry the message with us as we go along this week. In your name I pray. Amen. This is my desire Oh, my. 
sitting next to you. Uh, if it's your spouse, they may change their name. Now turn and greet your neighbor and children come forward to join us for a few moments of sharing up front. Good morning, guys. It's so good to see you this morning. Can I see you over there, little one? You want to scoot closer to me so I can see you? I brought something today to show you guys, and it's not really something that we think about a lot, but it's something that's really, really important. What am I talking about? Water. That's right. Water is a really important thing. It does help plants grow, and lately, it's been raining so much around here, we haven't really had to worry much about the plants because they've been getting all the water that they need. But sometimes during the hot months of summer, it doesn't rain a lot. So during those months, the plants really kind of suffer because they don't have the water that they need to drink. That's right, we have to water our yards, don't, don't we? Well, you know, it, plants are not the only things that need water. People need water too. Did you guys know that people can't survive without water? In fact, you can only last, you can only live for about four days without water. And if you're outside playing in the hot sun and you're sweating, you can't, it's even a less time, so it might be two days without water. So water is something that we need to survive. Do you know there's something else that we need to survive too? And that's Jesus. Um, one time, Jesus was sitting at the well. There was this big well filled with water, and he was sitting there and he was talking to a woman. And he told her, he said, whoever comes and drinks from this well and drinks from this water, they're going to get thirsty again. He said, but whoever drinks the water that I give them will never, ever be thirsty again. But he wasn't really talking about this kind of water. He was talking about the water of life. There is a Bible verse in the book of Revelation in the very back of the Bible. And the Bible verse says, whoever is thirsty, let him come. 
And whoever wishes, let him drink from the water of life and take freely. And he's talking about himself. Jesus is the water of life. And he's not really talking about being thirsty, like you need water to drink. He's talking about your spirit. So if you take from the water of life, which is Jesus, and I know this is such complicated information, but if you take from the water of life, then you're never, ever going to want anything again. Your soul's going to feel good, and you're going to be happy, and you're not going to be thirsty anymore. So the water of life is Jesus. So just like our bodies need water, they do water the plants. Well, that's good because we don't want the plants to die. They have two plants to water well. It's good that they're taking good care of them. So our bodies need water to survive, but our spirits need what to survive? Jesus to survive. Okay, guys, pray with me, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Please help us to remember that just like our bodies need water to survive, our spirit cannot survive without you. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning to all of you. Good to see you here as we come for this time of worship. I'm going to invite you to share any prayer concerns that you might have, that we might join you in a few moments in praying. Uh, if you have a prayer concern, if you will uh, raise your hand, our ushers will get you an index card, and we invite you to write something down you don't mind me repeating, and um, I will share your concerns with all of your brothers and sisters in the faith who are gathered here this morning. Also going around should be a registration of attendance pads and it seems like every week now we're getting some addresses including email addresses for those who want to be sure to get our uh, weekly bulletins and monthly newsletters by email. Uh, so if you have not yet turned in an email address, we invite you to do so on those pads as they pass by you today. Um, we're glad to, to send those out, so let us know. Some announcements for today. Uh, regular Sunday night program of choir, Mission Kids Bible Study continues tonight for children from 5.30 until 7. We remind you that the choir is now in the social hall and the children's program is upstairs in this building. You're invited to join Katie Jeter for a vacation Bible school planning meeting. This is for adults now. <laughs> adults are invited to join Katie Jeter for a Bible school planning meeting at 4 p.m. this afternoon in the Family Life Center. Anyone interested in volunteering in any way to help out with that week of study is invited to come. Please save the date for Bible school, June 5 through 9. Lots of additional details will be coming out soon. We have just found that if we can catch the kids early in the summer before they get used to not being in school, we, uh, we seem to comes out a little bit better attendance-wise than otherwise, so that's the reason for that date. Uh, confirmation class uh, resumes today after being off for the retreat. Um, that's at 5.30 today, members of that class. Youth will be meeting uh, as usual. 
you noticed that it was it's the season that you take sheep to be sheared, and that's why Andy went to get sheared. <clears throat> First time I saw him, I thought, oh, he's on chemotherapy. Uh, have you got your prayer cards ready? If you have, hold them up, and we will collect them. That was bad. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy is my conscience. <laughs> <laughs> we are in trouble. <laughs> oh, if you are visiting with us today, we have uh, we have Sunday school for all ages at ten o'clock. By the way, we think that clock, which sets itself, is waiting another week till the time that daytime daylight savings used to change. We'll see if next week when we come in. But anyway, at ten o'clock we have uh, um, Bible, uh, Sunday school for all ages. Thank you. And we have um, uh, 11 o'clock traditional worship service over in our sanctuary. And uh, today there were two different sermons. So, you know, if you're a real glutton for punishment, I mean, if you really would like to stay, we would be glad to have you here at both services. We have some folks that stay every week for both services, which is pretty amazing. So we invite you to do so. And come back and worship with us uh, on many future occasions. Uh, Stephen, did you have a, an announcement? Thought you did. I dressed up because Bill's preaching today. Oh, okay. I'm glad you okay. Good morning. The Methodist men will be hosting what we, what we hope will become an annual yard sale and barbecue this Saturday, uh, April 2nd. The yard sale will begin at sunup. It might be in the gym, we're not sure, because of the weather doesn't look too good for the next the coming week. Uh, barbecue will be sold from 11 to 3, and the cost is $7 per plate. And uh, we hope you can come out and uh, have some food and some fellowship, and you can get your tickets at this service or after the 11 o'clock. And of course, you can always come to the door and uh, get it then. It's going to be drop-in. There's no particular time you have to be here, but uh, come by and get you a plate of barbecue and uh, have some fellowship. Thank you. Let us join our hearts together. Oh, excuse me. Yes. The yard sale. <laughs> Great. Let us join our hearts together in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this time of worship and this place of worship and this style of worship that appeals to lots of us. We're thankful that, Lord, you seek those who will worship you in spirit and in truth no matter what style we might use. And so we come to you with sincere search in our hearts to draw ourselves closer to you and to have you draw closer to us that our journey through life might be in closer fellowship with you and with the children of God that you have matched us up with in this time and this period of time on this planet we walk with you, and we walk with brothers and sisters, and we are so thankful. And these are our special prayers for today. 
We pray for a brother-in-law and his wife with health problems. We pray for safety for Tom Rishforth and his team in Afghanistan. We pray with the Merrills for Tom Helton, father and grandfather, undergoing treatment for cancer. We pray for a friend whose mom passed away for strength during the funeral today and in the weeks to come. We pray for a job possibility for a son. We pray for Jake's improvement in speech. Lord, we pray for a job interview coming up on Thursday. We pray for Luke Hall, who's in the hospital, and for Ashley Hansen with her baby. We pray for Ian Hammond, age four, who has Lyme's disease. We pray for troops in harm's way and their families and loved ones. We pray for a beloved pet, that you might touch that life that you've given to that pet and heal him. Lord, we are thankful for all these prayers and we give you thanks that you have heard them and are answering our prayers through Jesus Christ who taught us to pray saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Um, prayers mentioned Ashley Hansen and the baby. This, is, this rose is in honor of the baby, uh, Tyler Glenn Hansen, who was born on a very famous day. He has my birthday, so we're, you know, <clears throat> hopefully he can live that down. Uh, but anyway, we celebrate new life with us. When, uh, when Bill, was, Bill Clute was a, a child, uh, he told his daddy that, that he wanted to be a pilot, and his father got all excited and took him outside and let him chop wood and pilot. And of course, when we heard about his great piloting ability, we gave Bill, seriously, probably the hardest job in this church in the last two years. He's head of our finance committee, and he has to keep piling the money. Uh, and so we appreciate his good leadership for all the ministries of this church. Um, and so, Bill, it's all yours. A few weeks ago, Andy asked me what I was going to do for Lent. I told him I was going to refrain from telling jokes about Arthur. <laughs> Lent's going to be really tough this year. <laughs> a man was walking along the Golden Gate Bridge when he saw a woman about to jump off and take her life. He ran up to stop her. He hollered, don't jump. God loves you. A tear came to her eye and she hesitated. He asked her, are you Christian, Muslim, Jewish? Christian, she replied. Me too, he said. Are you Protestant or Catholic? 
Protestant, she said. Me too. What denomination? Baptist, she said. Wow, me too. Independent Northern or Southern Baptist? Northern, she said. Wow, me too. Northern Conservative Baptist or Northern Liberal Baptist? Northern Conservative Baptist, she said. Amazing, me too. Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist or Northern Conservative Reformed Baptist? Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist, she said. Wow, amazing, me too. Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region or Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist East Region? Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region, she said. Inconceivable, me too. Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1879 or Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912? Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. He paused in stunned silence, then screamed, die, heretic, and pushed her off the bridge. <laughs> My apologies to any Baptists that may be with us this morning. The, the story just doesn't work well within the Methodist structure. <laughs> the things that separate Christians are often insignificant and not worth the time we spend on them. We're separated by things like what we can or cannot eat or drink, the type of music we play, and the amount of water we use in baptism. Differences like these have led to over 30,000 Christian denominations. Despite these differences, we still agree on certain things to be principal. These things unite us as Christians. These would be that there's one God consisting of three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he was crucified and died for our sins, and that God raised him on the third day to defeat death. These are things that we won't vary on. To us, this defines Christianity. Each year we have an election, we hear politicians talking about what principles are principal to them. They use general terms like family values and social justice. When they get in office, though, what they said was principal seems to be forgotten. Their actions don't reflect what they ran on. Their excuse is that to get things accomplished, to achieve the principal, they must compromise it. But can you compromise your principal principles? Merriam-Webster defines principles, spelled P-R-I-N-C-I-P-A-L-S, as the things that are most important. If someone can compromise what they say is most important, then it's reasonable to question if that person really understands what is most important. Have you ever thought about what is principle to you? Think for a moment about what is most important to you. What are the things that you won't compromise? The founding fathers of our country had a principle. They believed that when a government became destructive to the God-given rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that government should be abolished and replaced by one founded on those rights. They stated this belief in the Declaration of Independence and showed that they were willing to die for it. Now right there, uh, right there, underneath the famous signature of Samuel Chase, I mean, under the famous signature of John Hancock, you see the signature of Samuel Chase. Mr. Chase was a delegate from Maryland where he was homeschooled by his father, a prominent Episcopal priest. 
After the Revolutionary War, he was appointed to the Supreme Court by George Washington. He's also the great, 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 great grandfather of me. That was a great source of pride for my family until we learned that Samuel Chase is the only Supreme Court justice ever to be impeached. <laughs> it seems that Thomas Jefferson was trying to clear the court of anyone who might oppose him, and Samuel Chase was his first target. He held to his principle, though, and fortunately, the Senate acquitted him of all charges, restoring my family's small but dignified dignity. And most of you are probably not familiar with the name Syed Musa. He was an Afghanistan Red Cross worker. His father of six, the oldest is eight years old, he lost a leg after stand, stepping on a landmine. Years ago, he converted from Islam to Christianity, an act that's not permitted in Afghanistan. He faced execution unless he renounced Christianity. He bravely stuck to his principle. He wouldn't deny Christ, and fortunately, the Afghanistan government, facing pressure from various international organizations, recently quietly released him. Christ is principal to Mr. Musa, and he would not compromise. We should all hope that if we were put in the same situation, we would have the same courage and dedication that he did. The Bible gives us many examples of people who did and didn't have their principles in order. The Apostle Peter became one of the leaders of the early Christian church, but it didn't start out that way. Mark 14 tells us of the struggle that Peter had to realize what should be principle to him. While Peter was in the courtyard below, one of the high priest's servants came. When he saw Peter warming, when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with that Nazarene, Jesus. But he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about. Then he went out to the entryway and a rooster crowed. When the servant saw him again, she began to tell those standing nearby, This man is one of them. But again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing there said to Peter again, You certainly are one of them, since you're also a Galilean. Then he started to curse and to swear with an oath, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately, a rooster crowed a second time, and Peter remembered when Jesus had spoken the word to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. When he thought about it, he began to weep. Abraham is another example we can look at. He showed extreme trust trust and dedication to his principle. In Genesis 22, we read the story of Isaac, the sacrifice of Isaac. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am, he answered. Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. So early in the morning, Abraham got up, saddled his donkey, and took with him two of his young man, men and his son, Isaac. He split wood for a burnt offering and set out to go to the place that God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there to worship, then we'll come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. In his hand, he took the fire and the sacrificial knife, and the two of them walked on together. Then Isaac spoke to his father Abraham and said, My father... And he replied, Here I am, my son. Isaac said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Then the two of them walked on together. 
When they arrived at the place that God had told him about, Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac and placed him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He replied, Here I am. Then he said, Do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your only son from me. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in a place of his son. And Abraham named that place, The Lord Will Provide. So today it is said, It will be provided on the Lord's mountain. I've often thought about how I would react in such a situation. I know that what Abraham did was right, but when I look at my little girls, I have to be honest and say that I would be more than hesitant. I pray that I would never be put in such a situation, but I also realize that I should always trust God. He will provide. One of the most popular songs of all time is Imagine by John Lennon. We're all probably familiar with it. It's a pretty song that seems to, ha- seems to have a message of peace on earth. When we take a close look at the words, though, we find that it is actually advocating atheism and life without value. Here's a verse from the song. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for, and no religion, too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. That third line is the one that I think has deeper consequences than the quick reading we might give it. If we were just to say, no killing or dying, we could all agree that that would be good. But to say, nothing to kill or die for, gives the line a totally different meaning. It's a statement on the value of life. What value would our lives have if there was nothing worth dying for? Our life here on earth is the second greatest gift God has given us. Is it worth taking a stand for? Would you take a stand for life? When you see innocent lives being taken or abused, do your principles tell you to look the other way or to take a stand? How far would you go to protect an innocent life? Sometimes all it takes is that we speak out. Sometimes it takes actions, maybe something like financial actions. Sometimes it takes everything. John 15:13 states that greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. The greatest example we have in the Bible of sticking to a principle is Jesus. Jesus was fully God and fully human, a concept that's often difficult to grasp. As a human, Jesus was fully exposed to the trials and tribulations we all are. He experienced all the physical and emotional joys and pains that we do. Philippians 2 tells us that Jesus, who existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. A moment moment ago, I asked if you were willing to take a stand for innocent life. How much harder would it be to take a stand for guilty life? That's what Jesus did. He took a stand for us, the people that were guilty before God. This is the greatest gift God has given us. Life on earth is the second greatest. Life for eternity with God is the greatest. 
Just as Abraham took his son Isaac to sacrifice, God sent his son for sacrifice. With Abraham, God stopped the sacrificial sword, sparing Isaac, and told him that he would provide the sacrifice. With Jesus, God the Father didn't stop the sacrifice. He provided it. He stopped Abraham from sacrificing his son for him, but for us, he provided Jesus, his son, as our sacrificial lamb. The cross of Jesus, the ultimate example of principles. What principles are principle to you? What are you willing to take a stand for? At this time, as the ushers prepare for the offering, please rise as we recite the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And all the ways of man 
now may you go forth in peace, having become conscious of things you might be willing to die for, that you might also be aware of what you must live for. Go in peace. Amen.